So turn in your word to Acts, the book of Acts. We are in chapter 17. And I don't know if you have had the experience that I have of sometimes traveling down a road and not sure where you are. Uh, I've had the wonderful opportunity to be in Israel multiple times. Two of my favorite times, I had no responsibilities other than setting up other trips, and so I just rented a car. And I was able to travel wherever I wanted to go. And uh, some of that led to some great opportunities. Some of that led to me being in areas I probably shouldn't have been in. And uh, all the while looking for someone or something and that wonderful statement starting to uh, come up in a thought bubble over my head, where am I? Maybe I should turn back. What am I doing? And I have another thought bubble come up over here saying, let's just go around the next corner and see what's around the next corner and what's around the next corner and then the next corner. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes you kick yourself saying, why didn't I just turn back earlier? This morning, how does that work with where we are in Acts 17? We're in the famous passage of Paul and his team, his heroic team, uh, heading into Berea. And many people know that uh, the word Berea, the title Berea, is something that we hold dear within churches with knowledge, with grasping knowledge, those that dig deep. I think we have overhyped a little bit the church of Berea. Uh, it's just one sentence, and, and we'll get to it in a minute, but we love classifying. You know, the, the Sunday school group that's really serious about the Word of God in every Baptist church is called the Bereans, right? H have you ever been in the Berean Sunday school class, any of you? Yes, at least three of you have been in the Berean Sunday school class. They're the ones that want you to know that they're that intelligent, all right? So they name themselves the Bereans. Before we get rolling into this, let me pray over the Word this morning. Father, we come to you with eager anticipation to hear what you have today. But we also come to you in unified heart to express to you exultation and worship. We have come to worship our Lord and Savior today. Take this time, whether it's in this short approach to Paul and his team's efforts in Berea, and your overall plan for your kingdom, and bless it and match it along with what our guests have to say today. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. So today we have a wonderful opportunity to match the classwork with a lab, and, and you'll see where I'm going with that in a minute. Let's look at the text this morning. We're going to be in verses 10 through 15 of Acts 17 says this, starting in verse 10, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. 
Many of them therefore believed, and not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after meeting a command, <coughs> I'm sorry, after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. So here we see a continuation of Paul and his group of, of merry men uh, traveling throughout Greece, and they come to their next spot. They are chased out of Thessalonica once again. They come, they bring the word of God. It is accepted by many, and yet they are pursued by a few who seek to destroy, seek to cause trouble, seek to shut down what Paul and his team are doing. I love the idea of looking at Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy and, and maybe some others that are not listed as these heroic figures. Maybe you might see them as a motley crew, but I see them as heroic figures. This morning, I want us to wrestle with this idea of what's just around the corner. What's just around the corner? And we're going to take a little bit different twist. You heard the scripture. You heard where what Luke decides to record here is that the Bereans were different than anybody else they had encountered yet. Luke's assessment after the fact is that there was something different about this group of Jews. What was it? They were eager. They were eager. There was a hunger. There was a desire. And imagine if you are Paul and part of the heroic group. Would you not be just thrilled that that's what you met with? This is what you've been praying for. You've been praying for those breakthrough moments without resistance. And yet it has only been part and parcel to your ministry. Everywhere you have gone, you have faced resistance upon resistance upon resistance. My question to you today, and for myself, is at what point would we say enough is enough? At what point would we say enough is enough? Now think. These believers have yet to hear the gospel. They're waiting in Berea. Scripture tells us, according to Christ, when you think about the parable of the soils, that it is the soil that has to be prepared to receive the seed. Amen? And so God has done this work within this group of people. He has already prepared them. Remember, those gathered in Berea were unique. There was an overwhelming sense of eagerness. That's what set them apart. Not so much that they were uber-knowledgeable. There was an eagerness. And when you are involved in the kingdom, when you're involved in kingdom work, when you are involved with doing what Christ asks, you will be met with resistance. Will you not? And sometimes it comes in, in the silliest forms, but often it comes in the forms of those 
individuals who resist what you're trying to bring. We'll hear a lot about that today. What if Paul and his group, having been chased again out of another city, said, this isn't working. Enough is enough. Let's just pack it up and head for home. You know, we had some good results in Thessalonica. We had, we had a little bit of good result there in Philippi. It's time to head home. Would we be part of the team that would be saying that to say Paul or Silas? Guys, 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 look, obviously, this isn't a good region. We keep meeting up with so much resistance. Let's talk about this idea of just around the corner. Well, that first line got chopped off, so that's exciting. It is the, uh, it's the personal pronoun I, and it says, I am waiting, waiting for something more, more than the emptiness inside me, more than the brokenness around me, more than me. But it never came. I waited full of hurt and blame. I waited for different, not the same, but it never came until you came around the corner. Think of what the ramifications would be for those in Berea if this heroic team had given in to the resistance that they were facing and said enough is enough. Obviously, we're not doing something right. Obviously, God's not blessing the way we thought he should be, the way we've seen it happen in the past. But what was waiting around the corner a very different experience. Brothers and sisters, this is meant to inspire us. It is designed to inspire us. Later this week, Thursday night, I plan on going somewhere around 11.30 in the evening to be inspired by heroes. Heroes that don't exist. The Avengers. Infinity War is coming out and I have this tradition with my children to go out with what I call the freaks and geeks on the very first night, the very first showing, that's more of a show than the movie. And you gotta experience that sometime, right? And so we just have this tradition. I'm getting really old to do this. Because you're like you're like out of that movie at like one, one thirty in the morning. And I'm like dragging. But I love my kids. I love doing it with them. It's a tradition. Folks those are not real heroes. I hate to break it to you. They're not real heroes. Paul and his team are. They are because in the face of adversity, over and over, and we see all of this made up and put into a narrative that billions of dollars will be spent on to see and be inspired by in the world of make-believe. Brothers and sisters, this is not make-believe. What you're about to hear is real. What you saw out of this heroic team with Paul, they could have very easily been saying, we're just up against it. Remember our theme this year is Joshua 1.9, be strong and what? Courageous, do not deviate to the left, do not deviate from the right. Just do what I've asked you to do. They keep facing the same challenges of being persecuted and run off. They could have said, it's a sign from God. How many of us have gone that route? Obviously, God's shutting a what? Fantastic. There's Christianese. If you've never heard Christianese, that's it. Unreasonable circumstances. 
this is just too much. I didn't sign up for this, right? Look, we need to be planned out. We need to be better funded. We need to not have as much resistance. How about a lack of effectiveness? How many churches, how many pastors, how many people in ministry all over the world feel the constant struggle of a lack of effectiveness? You think this team felt that? Absolutely they did. Absolutely they did. Oh, we just picked a bad territory. Right? Any of you in sales? Right? Oh, gosh, I got handed the worst territory. Right? I had to go to Philippi. I had to go to Thessalonica. You know, Johnson over there, that guy got, like, Berea. I got a bad territory. They had to face a force that's determined to bring a maelstrom toward towards them. Not just in future places. Folks, this force working against Paul and his team followed them. Was that as draconian as I could do? Followed them in a world, right? Have you ever been pursued by evil? That's what's happening with these guys. It's not just all those other circumstances that our, our natural self would be leaning towards and the forces that we're struggling against. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is what? Against the principalities of the air. And we have the God of the universe. We have the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead to walk in front of us, before us, and beside us. Just like these heroes. And just like these heroes right here. Paul talks later in life about a beauty of what it means to have that message come around the corner. Brothers and sisters, if we ever get discouraged, I want you to imagine that picture. I want you to imagine the Bereans. What would have happened in Berea if Paul and his heroes never showed up? And this church is committed to showing up. Amen? Now, we can't show up all over the world like we wish we could, but we can certainly support those that are out there in areas we can't go to, right? And so now you get to hear from the heroes that are there and a little bit of their story, a little bit of their history. I want to share a favorite passage I have. Rome, uh, Paul talked in his message to the church at Rome about this idea of what's coming around the corner, about the message and the hope that the gospel presents to us. And he says, as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Remember the, the poem, as I waited in shame, right? Anyone who trusts in him, being Jesus Christ, will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For all that are here this morning, if you have not yet called upon Jesus Christ, that message is for you. This message that came to Berea, the message that our, our heroes today have been telling and sharing in, in the midst of a maelstrom, this message is for you as well. 
the message of life in Jesus Christ. And he says, for there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? Berea couldn't call on Jesus Christ because they can't believe in him because they don't, what? Know him. They've never heard of him. How then shall they call on the one in whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not, what? Heard. And how can they hear without someone, what? Preach it. And how can they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I want to introduce you to two set of very beautiful feet. The Cohens are here today. I'm going to have them come up. They are partners with us in the gospel. Uh, and I'll let them share where that is. It's a little secretive, um, but that secret will be burst open in just 